welcome back. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to Restoring the Blade. I'm Hattori Donzo, and this is season two, ladies and gentlemen. Back in the saddle, super excited to be working on season two here. And the first episode is going to be focused on Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster. Super excited. Let me just start by saying that this game is, uh, well, the original release on PlayStation 2 was, uh, it's a contender for the most addictive video game I've ever played. It's absolutely my favorite RPG without a question. I have easily put over a thousand hours into this game. Uh, So the remaster is going to be released on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and PC, if I'm not mistaken. Not 100% sure about PC, but I think it is. Uh, so what? this is a perfect occasion, momentous occasion even. One of my favorite games is being getting a remaster treatment, and this is season two. Let's go. So I'm not really trying to convince anybody to play this game. I mean, if I do convince you, that's great. I I, I love it. But uh, I really just want to talk about how amazing it is, and maybe some people will enjoy listening to that and possibly play the game. <laughs> so let's just uh, let's just jump into it. So off the top. The the intro for this game sets the tone so well. Uh, it it just gets you so ready to jump to dive in, and I, it's I'm gonna share it with you. It's uh there's some text that appears on the screen as the intro is coming on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it because it's I just have to. Here we go. Call it what you will. A revelation from God, or a curse of the Demon King, the fact remains that our world came to an end. A heretic called upon an unearthly light and devastation ensued. Chaos crawled out of the depths of the ocean from the black abyss. Death upon death. Nothing but death in this barren land. Who can we pray to? There are only demons and fiends here. A voice in the dark beguiles me. Truth is a mystery unraveled by the candle's flames. End quote. And then after that it says, From the journal of a man who wandered into another world. Then the drums kick in. The music, it all just immediately follows that uh, quote or the journal part. And this ominous synth track with this bass line that sounds like this otherworldly pulse of the track uh, dominates and the synth harmony brings these feelings of like a a countdown to despair for lack of a better word and the song just comes to this sudden halt eventually and the title screen fades in brilliantly the protagonist stands there and there's an army of beings of all shapes and sizes behind him standing in the shadows 
and their eyes are glowing in the darkness. And this is how you build anticipation, my friends, and excitement for the player. Just make them, him or her ready to press that start button and dive in. <laughs> like To quote uh, Calvin Candy from the movie Django Unchained, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. All right, so let's go right into the presentation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, you already know how I feel about the intro, so let's check that box. Check. And what's the first thing that most people take notice of? Graphics, right? All right. So the development team went with the uh, cell shaded route, and I'm more than happy with the results. The, uh, the graphical style uh, withstood the test of time, or I would even say withstands the test of time gracefully, quite gracefully. Uh, them going the cell shaded route, it it made it, they, they designed it in their own unique way. So that way it's not really compared. It can't be compared to, you know, like modern day graphics or realistic graphics because they just took their own unique design. And it complements the designers, character designers, art style so well. His name's Kazuma Kaneko, in case you want to look it up. And uh, the overall tone that they went with, it's it's perfect. And there's there's lots of demons with lots of badass designs. It's, it's fun stuff. I guarantee that you'll go into the uh, Cathedral of Shadows. You'll learn what that is when you play it. You're going to go in there at least once, and you're going to scroll through all the demon models, and you're going to read the mythology behind them, and you're going to admire it. The, the, the art style is great. And uh, speaking of scrolling, one just a little effect that comes to mind. When you go into the menu to uh, and you see that user interface, in the background, there's this subtle mesmerizing like lighting effect. In the, it's, it's really cool. It's You don't even... Uh, you probably won't notice it at first. You eventually will. But now, if you listen to this, and I'm telling you, you're probably going to go look for it. But it's little subtle things like that that are amazing. And then you have this one. Uh, they they use light um, in a number of ways that's really cool. Um, there's this one particular example. It's in the opening scene. And I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything for you. Uh, the opening scene it has this stunning lighting effect where uh, this it's the light is shrouding the character that's on the screen it's like sunlight coming into this room and it gives off this feeling of like warmth and like nurturing and it's, it's super appropriate for the moment that's that you're witnessing and you're going to notice a lot of lighting tricks like that while you're exploring the game world which exploring the game world, it brings me to uh, dungeon design, because you're going to be in a lot of dungeons, going to be doing some dungeon crawling. <clears throat> the dungeons are, the dungeon design is, it's a, it's a little difficult to describe, really. So on the surface, the dungeons seem plain and monotonous, but they, they come across in an, ex, like, a ex, aesthetically pleasing manner, like, uh, you, you don't think it like me personally. I I like the design, but it's like 
like I said, it's hard to describe. You, you'll just have to see for yourself. Long story short, it looked the the dungeon designs. They all look good, even though they look like they might not look good. It's weird to say, but trust me. Uh, also, during battle, you're gonna notice there are some uh, really awesome visual effects, especially when uh, the protagonist is doing his unique attacks, and even some of the the the, sh the universal stuff. It looks cool, and then of course your party members. There, you're gonna see some really awesome animations with those guys. Uh, but yeah, I can go more into that when I talk about combat. Let's stick to visuals. So the the overworld maps are they're really well designed. The really beautiful look when you're exploring. You, they took a lot of time to really make the 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 maps or the overworld maps look really cool. And uh, let me just warn you. The overworld music is catchy as fuck, and it's going to get stuck in your head. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's it's good, so get ready. I'm warning you. Uh, and so let's see here. The sound, I would say, would be the next uh, bit to or next concept or component when it comes to presentation and this soundtrack is high level amazing uh the development team knew it too they knew it was lit because uh whenever i the north american copy was shipped over the the soundtrack or a portion of the soundtrack was shipped with it on a cd and man let me tell you i would listen to that cd in the car i listen to it at home i would listen to it at work uh I would I put it on my iPod so when I worked out I could listen to it. There are a lot of get stuck in your head tracks on this OST, and they they didn't even put all the music on there. That's the crazy part. Uh, I, I'm kind of bummed about that. I think I could I, I think I tracked down uh, an OST that had every every track on it, but uh, I never did get it for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it was too expensive. But the tracks range in their composition between, I would say, jazz, uh, rock, orchestral, and like a fusion of jazz and rock. It's really interesting and really fun uh, for the most part. And even the ambient tracks are masterfully crafted. When you're in these areas that don't really have music, but just like a, a light kind of ambiance to it. And uh my favorite track on there is this title. It's a track called "Fiend." It's, yeah. it's it's very appropriate for the circumstances you're in when you hear it. Uh, but yeah, the sound effects are fun too. Like I mentioned, the ambient noises. Uh, like when you save the game, there's some cool sounds. Uh, the <laughs> what the main one that comes to mind is the the basic attack. Uh, function during battle it's got this sound I will never forget it sounds like the hardest bitch slap you could imagine <laughs> it's like they smack the shit out of the uh, the enemies and then most of the demons have their own unique vocal sounds uh, there's some funny death screams some interesting death screams and here's a slight spoiler uh, Thor comes to mind when, when, when I think about the uh, the party members sounds 
not because of his death screen, but because of the sounds he makes in general. Uh, he said, no matter what he's doing, he sounds like he's just going ape shit. It's it's fucking hilarious. You, you'll 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 see what I'm talking about. Uh, I think one of my favorite sounds that comes to mind during battle is this is this skill called war cry, and it's basically like a a roar. It's literally literally a roar, but it's so epic. And oh, when the protagonist does it. He looks really cool, and he's it's that roar coming across. Man, it's it's badass. So yeah, the the music and the sound effects, the ambiance, audio is on point. It's top notch. So we got the the graphics, the design of the graphics. We got the audio's good. Uh, where do we go next? Let's see. So characters, right? So. Nocturne has intriguing characters, to say the least. Uh, I can't say that they're all deep or complex, but uh, there is a variety of character types. That's the cool part. And the character I love the most is Jack Frost. <laughs> uh, but coming in in a close second is the, the Collector Mannequin. You're going to find out who that is. I'm just going to leave you with their names, Jack Frost and the Collector Mannequin. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin any of the experience for you, but uh, you'll see why those are my favorite characters. Probably, uh, it's risky going into detail about these characters without spoiling too much. So I'll just I'll just leave it at this. Uh, you will like some characters, like really like them, and you're probably gonna dislike some characters. Um, at no point will the plot be boring. Um, the characters are what drive the story. And they all have their unique points of view on, you know, what's going on in the the world, quote unquote, and what they're going to do to survive in these new circumstances. And you're going to witness some uh, interesting perspectives and growth processes. Um, and here's something that's noteworthy. Uh, OG Nocturne. It doesn't have voice acting. So those of you who will be playing this for the first time, you get voice actors to express all of the emotion. I'm excited to experience this for myself. It's, that's a that's a huge development for a remaster. They're going to add voices. I'm Let's go. Sign me up. Sign me up. And now let's talk about combat. Uh, the battle engine is the main reason I love this game. It's the main reason I would recommend anyone play this game uh once it's mastered it becomes more fun and fast-paced uh than i imagined a turn-based rpg battle system could be um it's called the press turn battle system and it was introduced uh into the smt universe in this game uh I will definitely go into detail about this, so if you are planning to figure it out on your own, uh, skip this part. You've been warned. So, in most cases, you start with as many turns as you have active party members. Usually four is the max. Usually. Uh, you're going to have to dis discover more about that on your own when I say usually. So there are icons in the top right corner representing each turn. 
And you want to do everything you can during your phase to destroy your enemies before they get a chance to use their turns. If you are lucky enough to get the first phase, that is. <laughs> uh, man, now that I'm putting effort into describing how it all works, uh, this, okay, this is going to be kind of difficult or not difficult. A lot of information, but let's go. I'll keep it as simple as I can. So the turn order on the player side is it's dictated by the agility stat. Uh, the character with the highest agility goes first, then so on and so forth. Uh, executing actions spends turns. For instance, land a punch, you spend a turn. Successfully hit the, uh, well, you don't even have to land the punch and you spend the turn. Um, successfully hit the target with the magic attack, you spend a turn. Cast a buff, you spend a turn, etc. If you, but you can choose to pass a character's turn, and you'll only use half of it. And this will be indicated by the the current turn icon uh, flashing repeatedly, repeatedly, uh, until that half turn's used. And Passing it isn't the only way to use half a turn. And using half turns is how you are going to take advantage of the system and obliterate your enemies. So just to be clear, if you use half of each of your four turns, you still have half of those four turns left, which really equates to eight actions in total that you can take to kill your enemies. So, like scoring a critical attack or exploiting the weakness of an enemy, those are other ways that you can uh, only spend half of your turn other than passing. Uh, for example, let's say you're facing an enemy that's weak to fire. And you have a couple of party members who have fire attacks. So well, let's just say for this example, everybody has a fire attack. So if each member connects with their respective fire spell or fire attack, you're going to see uh, none of the turns are going to disappear, and you're going to see all four of them flashing in the top right corner. And each party member is going to have one more turn to perform another action. So that's an eight total actions. All right. How cool is that? So it's possible to lose turns as well. And this comes in the form of enemies being able to nullify, absorb, uh, or reflect your attacks. So if the enemy is hit with an element that it nullifies, you'll lose two turn, two turn icons. If the enemy's hit with an element it absorbs or reflects, you, you're going to lose everybody's turns. Just your phase is over. So making the mistake can have extreme consequences. And, and a lot of people, uh, Nocturne is, I would say, inf infamously known for its difficulty. That's probably a big part of the reason because you can things can go bad really quick. Now, uh, everything that I've covered so far on the basis of battle goes for the enemy party as well. So the same rules apply. Um, I could easily <laughs> dedicate 
probably an entire episode to the combat. So I'm just going to end it with like some miscellaneous little, maybe some some features that uh, come with it. So it's actually possible to talk your way out of fights um, and recruit demons or score items by using what's called conversation skills. So you can actually talk to uh, the enemies. And this is, I don't want to say it's the main way you build your party. Uh, It definitely is early on, but uh, eventually you're going to have other methods to build your party up. Um, so yeah, conversation skills, conversation, that's, that's a big, it's a big, big deal. Uh, something else I want to bring up. So there are three menu options that can increase the speed of battle if you use them correctly. Uh, it's menu memory, auto button, and auto memory. Uh, experiment with these once you get, once you get the hang of combat. Uh, it can lead to you just eviscerating waves of enemies in a single encounter. And and I say waves, I mean waves. Uh, there are uh, items and skills to increase both the encounter rate and the number of enemies per encounter. Uh, what did they say at the beginning? Death upon death? Yeah, that's real. Death, death upon death is real. Uh, I think the... In one encounter, I think my record for uh, the number of waves of enemies I destroyed was like 37 or something like that. It's, it's pretty crazy. So uh, combat's good. I don't want to go too deep into it, but that's the, the star of the show is the battle engine. It's so fun and rewarding to learn this battle engine. And, you know, it's great that they made it fun because... You're going to be doing a lot of fighting, a lot of fighting. You fight hordes of enemies. So they made they made it fun. It's good job, Atlas. Good job. And so that brings me to Demon Fusion. Uh, become proficient at fusing demons. You will not regret it. Uh, another level of fun is achieved, and it helps overcome that, that infamous difficulty in Nocturne. Uh, so, so besides fusion, uh, besides the conversation skills of recruiting party members, fusions, how you're going to build your party in most cases, once you get proficient at it, it's probably the most complicated aspect of the game, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the hardest, if that makes any sense. When you break it down to the bare bones, it works like this. And I, yeah, this is spoiler spoiler territory, but uh, I I think if someone would have kind of told me this, I think I would I would have taken the advice like gladly. It, it's a, so anyway, bare bones. If if you take two of your demons and combine them, you can make a more powerful demon, right? And the skills and abilities from those demons uh, used for fusion can be transferred to the new demon. And that's where the fun lies. So you can you can complete the game with just this level of fusion knowledge, or you can push the system and learn to what degree can you customize your, your demon army. And there are a plethora of demon demons. Uh, there's different races, and 
that's where the complexity emerges. So for instance, uh, you can create something called elements and elements are created when two demons of the same race are fused. So, so let's just say, let's say you fuse two demons of different races. They're probably going to create uh, another demon entirely. Two demons of the same race, they create an element. Uh, and then, so elements are useful because they can raise or lower uh, a, a demon's, let's say you fuse an element with a demon, they can raise or lower the hierarchy in, in, of that demon within its race. So for instance, uh, let's say you have a low level uh, demon and you wanna, you wanna keep the skills he has, but make him stronger. You can fuse him with an element. It's gonna change his weaknesses and it's gonna change the type of demon he is, but he'll still be the same race, but you will raise his level by using the element. So that's another cool little tool. And then two elements fused together make mitamas. And uh, mitamas are useful uh, for, you fuse them to demons and they can increase stat points and they can transfer skills. So mitamas are, you wanna learn how to manipulate that system as well. Uh, so yeah, fusion, like I say, invest time in it because it's gonna pay off in more than one way. It's gonna be fun and it's gonna allow you to really enjoy the game for what, it's, what it was made for, which is destroying waves and waves of enemies. Okay, so that's that's pretty much uh, my two cents on Nocturne and kind of the reasons why I think the game's so great uh, and why everybody should play it. I mean, yeah, everybody should give it a shot. I wasn't a big RPG player when I played that. I played, uh, let's see, Final, Final Fantasy seven, eight. Uh, I think I'd played 10 and Vagrant Story, those are my RPGs, four RPGs before I played that one. So I was a, I was a novice, and I, I still don't play a lot of RPGs, but yeah. Point is, this game's fun. I think anybody should give it a try. Uh, I know I said I wasn't trying to convince anybody, but I guess I really am, if you think about it. <laughs> now that I think about it, don't get mad at me for that. Um, so I just want to talk about improvements that I'd like to see. Uh, I, I haven't read or watched any other information regarding, like, you know, what other improvements have been made besides, you know, the the graphical overhaul and, well, not overhaul, the graphical upgrade and the voice acting. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to be spoiled on, you know, any other details that, you know, that wasn't in the trailer. I just want to know from what the trailer, you know, that's what's, Surely there's going to be some more stuff. Uh, having said that, I'd like to see a better skill transfer system uh, when you're fusing demons. Oh man, it's kind of it's kind of frustrating. There's there's a there's there's an algorithm to it, um, but even knowing the algorithm, it's still frustrating in some cases because uh, there are things that are possible that you can do that you can make happen. But sometimes it takes a long time to get what you want because it's it's it there is a randomness to it. So if they made it to where you could transfer whatever skills you want, 
limited, limited however you want, but just make it to where I can just pick the skills and I can manage from there. That would be amazing. Uh, I'd like the ability to switch. Uh, well, I didn't even talk about this. There's something called Magatama. It's what the main character uh, has. It's like these living little insect thingies that uh, he actually... Uh, I, th I like to think they have a symbiotic relationship. Well, they grant him abilities and powers. And so I'd like the ability to switch the Magatama during battle, even if it was only like once, just one per battle. That'd be cool. Uh, you know, in case you like screwed up and you have the wrong Magatama on and you're going to die because your weakness is going to be exploited. I guess that would kind of make it too easy though. You know, never mind. They, they don't need to do that. Screw that. Never mind. Uh, another big one though, improving the camera controls. That's a must. They have to do that. And I'm sure they will. Um, in OG Nocturne, it, it requires you to use the shoulder buttons to turn the camera. It's, you get used to it, but, you know, it's, it's 2021. Let's go. We need to use the analog. Uh, the the right analog stick on the PS2 version, it's it moves the camera in, like, a weird way. Like, it doesn't even – it the character stops moving, and it, you just move the camera and look around the environment. It, it sucks. So, yes, I'm almost certain they will fix this issue, but I'm it's an improvement I hope for. Uh and that leaves me with words of wisdom if you do end up playing this game. Save often. I cannot stress this enough. Uh, it's not an exaggeration to say that the next encounter could be your death, uh, no matter where you are. Unless it's one of those places that you don't get encounters. Um, but yeah, save often. Uh, take the time to learn the ins and outs of Demon Fusion. I already went over that. And uh, play or pay close attention to what skills do and test them. Like, get in there. You can allocate multiple skills that complement each other to a demon. And there's a lot of that. And uh, you can increase its effectiveness during, during battle or outside of battle. There's certain skill sets that you want to use uh, outside of battle. I don't want to go too deep into that either. That That's a fun thing that you're going to figure out. Uh, the, but... Yeah, the development team included ways to aid you in dominating the game. And if you cleverly apply those tools given to you, you will indeed dominate the game. Um, so with that, Hattori Donzo, out.